Welcome to the Yoga Church Sunday Sermons. These sermons are filmed in the place I'm lucky enough to call my backyard, so you might hear the sounds of birds, geese, roosters, trains, and wind, and sometimes my sweet pup Indy. My five, almost six-year-old niece recently asked her mother, who's Jesus? <laughs> my sister tells me that she did her best to answer, but told her daughter, you might want to take this question to auntie. <laughs> so while my sister and I were raised to value something greater than ourselves, we weren't raised with any formal religion. And my niece and nephew aren't being either. But you can't live in America, or maybe anywhere really, without hearing something about this guy named Jesus. And you hear about him in relationship to Christianity. But it's important to remember that Jesus himself never heard of Christianity because it didn't exist in his lifetime. Jesus of Nazareth lived and died a Jewish man. In order to understand Jesus, we have to understand the teachings that formed him. Even at a young age, Jesus was able to interpret and powerfully teach the Hebrew scriptures he'd been steeped in since birth. When asked which commandment was most important, Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy and Leviticus. He said, the first is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Jesus didn't care about piety or empty ritual. Jesus taught us that the most important thing was to love God with everything we've got and to enact our love by giving it to our neighbors. In order to understand Jesus then, we have to learn how to love, which means we have to be present, fully present with the reality of the world around us not just the parts of the world that are valued and celebrated, but the parts of the world that are despised and tossed aside. Jesus didn't search out the powerful. He walked with the outcasts. He touched the leper and he blessed the bleeding woman. He dined with people he wasn't supposed to and he stood up to people he was supposed to revere. In order to understand Jesus, we have to step outside the boxes we've decided to live in. These boxes limit our view of the world. They keep us stuck and small. Our families, of course, gave us our first boxes, and our society is always creating more for us. And through our experiences, assumptions, fear, and habits, we've created some boxes of our own. But in the stories attributed to Jesus, all we see is expansion and defiance. Jesus refused to be trapped in a box of tradition and meaningless law. Jesus called us toward an ever-moving spirit. In order to understand Jesus, we have to stop allowing the powerful to scare us into hating each other. We have to go to the places that Jesus would go. And we have to figure out how to be of service. 
We have to love God with everything we've got and give this love to our neighbors. If you want to know where Jesus would be today, simply ask yourself, who do the powerful tell me to fear and judge? Jesus would be having dinner with Muslims. He would be at the Mexican-American border fashioning a whip to beat down walls. He would be working the phones at the Trevor Project, supporting gay and trans teenagers considering suicide. He would be in Syrian refugee camps carrying a basket that never seemed to run out of food. He would be with children terrorized by adults who refuse to protect them from gun violence. If we want to understand Jesus, we can't look to the institutions of power, of Christianity and government. We have to look to Jesus's actions. We have to follow his way and love God with everything we've got and give this love to our neighbors. Author Brian McLaren writes that Jesus leads people away from religious structures and controversies that divide people into in-groups and out-groups. Instead, he leads people to a different space entirely where we can all experience the same spirit. Later, McLaren says that whenever people encounter justice, joy, peace, creativity, comfort, liberation, holiness, beauty, love, or any other good things, they are in some way encountering the spirit, which is bigger than any particular religion or religion in general. Nobody has a monopoly on spirit. So in answer to my beloved niece's question, who's Jesus? I would have to say he was a Jewish teacher that lived some 2000 years ago. He did his very best to love God and to express his love of God by leading his followers out of their self and societally imposed boxes toward freedom. He taught people to listen inward and follow the movement of spirit in their lives. Jesus is an example from long ago that teaches us to fight against unjust systems of power, systems that benefit from the oppression of others. In the Lord's Prayer, a prayer we're told Jesus taught, he asks that God's will be done on earth. This prayer places our feet firmly on the ground and brings us back to the most important commandments. It brings us back to Jesus teaching us to love God with everything we've got and to enact this love by giving it to our neighbors. Jesus taught us that love is the most important quality to cultivate in our lives and in our world. And that's where I'd like to end this sermon but it's Easter. And today of all days, we can't talk about Jesus without talking about crucifixion and resurrection. And my oh my, are those complicated topics of violence and hope. Jesus of Nazareth died a painful death. What happened next has been debated for centuries, and I have no interest in arguing whether or not the resurrection is a historical fact, because no matter what, the story of Jesus's resurrection is very real. And stories are powerful. Stories change the world. Jesus did rise from the dead, at least in the religious narrative of Christianity. 
And within this powerful narrative, belief in Jesus' death and resurrection are commonly said to bring a person salvation. The problem with this concept of individual salvation stemming from a God who apparently views justice as a punitive bargain is the effect it has on humanity's relationship to God, suffering, and sin. My theology stems from an embodied relational state focused on love and justice. Hence, the commonly held Christian understanding of salvation doesn't work for me. I do believe, however, that there's another way for the concept of salvation to be useful. And we'll explore it next week on Orthodox Easter. For now, I leave you with Easter blessings in the form of a reminder that spring always follows winter. Don't forget to sign up for the Yoga Church Retreat happening July 7th through 11th, 2019 on Bainbridge Island. I hope you'll join us. Get reflection questions, join the discussion, subscribe at summercushman.com.